Welcome to English in 10 Minutes, real, unscripted English conversations about people, places, and their stories. After you listen to the episode, visit EnglishIn10Minutes.com. Today, Wendy and I are coming to you once again from Bolivia. And last time we were coming off the high, figuratively and literally, of the Sala de Uini and the Bolivian Altiplano and all of the great sites that we saw there. What we want to talk about today is something that's maybe not quite so flowery and positive, but something that's really important and something that affected us both quite a lot. Uh, and this is the silver mines of a city called Potosí in Bolivia. And two days ago we had the privilege, I suppose you could say, of going down into these mines and spending about two and a half hours inside the mines. And it was quite an emotional and very interesting experience. Yeah, very emotional and very draining emotionally and also physically. Uh, I was really exhausted for all of that day and really all of the next day after we got out of the mine. Um, it was something that I was really quite afraid of doing, but at the same time, I wanted to do it. I felt like I needed to conquer that fear, and it was something that I wanted to experience. And I'm really glad that I had the experience, and I'm also really glad that it's over and I will never do it again. <laughs> so to give a bit of an introduction, this city of Potosí uh, was a colonial city uh, when the Spanish were ruling this part of the world. and. They found silver in this big mountain, which is next to Potosí, and it became one of the two major silver mines of all of Spanish America, and that's what basically fueled uh, what in Spain is called the Siglo de Oro, so it's actually the golden century, but it's actually literally fueled by silver, and this mine in Potosí is one of the major uh, mines where they had discovered and extracted silver. And so for the last nearly 500 years, it's been this famous mine and it's been this place where a lot of people in the area, especially a lot of indigenous people, have worked and working in mines is always dangerous. Um, it's not glamorous in any way, shape or form. Uh, it's, well, depending on what you're able to find, it's not usually um, very well paid either. Um, and so we wanted to go there and just really see what it was like to go into a mine in the third world and to see what the conditions were and we felt that that was important to see how local people are not forced, but it's certainly a major way that the people in the city earn a living. Mm -hmm. uh, today, there are about 18,000 miners who go in regularly, uh, who go in day by day. And so it's obviously still a huge industry. And so it's such a big part of this town. And so we felt that it was important to go and see it. So there are quite a few agencies that do these tours inside the mines, um, but they're very careful to point out at the beginning that it's not a tour, it's not a tourist activity in the normal sense. It's a working mine, you go down in there and you have to be very careful. Um, you'll be in these very narrow passages which have tracks where the carts that the miners use to, to bring out and bring uh, back in the, the minerals. And so you have to dodge these carts, you know, they're going very fast sometimes and you have to get out of the way. Uh, and so yeah, it's definitely not a walk in the park. No, and because this hill has been mined for nearly 500 years, as you said, they've um, created you know more and more tunnels. So it's really like Swiss cheese inside there, and it's not very stable in many cases. And sometimes it does collapse, and that could happen. You know, while while we were inside there, it could have collapsed, and then we would have been in just as much danger as the miners working inside there. Yeah, we did sign a form saying that um, if that did happen, we couldn't sue 
the, the agency that brought us there or anything like that, or it wasn't their fault. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we, we kind of put our life in their hands to, to a certain degree. Um, and so the conditions in the mine are, are, are very very harrowing or the whole experience was very harrowing so you it's very dark in there obviously you have a torch or a flashlight that's attached to the um kind of helmet, helmet that you're wearing um but there's no lights inside at all it's just the, the lights that you carry yourself on your helmet and the tunnels and the passages are not very tall and I am quite tall, I guess. And so I had to duck a lot as we were walking. And that be, that was quite trying. You know, when you're in there for a couple of hours, it becomes really annoying <laughs> to have to walk like a hunchback with your with your head ducked all the time. Um, and so if you're, yeah, if you're a very tall minor, that would just be really, really annoying. <laughs> just hour after hour, day after day to have to walk like that. Yeah. Um, probably most of the Bolivians working there are a bit shorter than you are. But I'm shorter than you are. Uh, and I still hit my head, I'd say, probably about 30 times while I was inside the mines. Even though you know that you're supposed to duck, but some somehow... I would always stand up too far at some point. And yeah, I hit my head a lot of times. Thankfully, that's that's the most the, the worst thing that happened in terms of us getting hurt. Um, but it, it is a, a dangerous place, certainly, to work. And I cannot imagine going in there every day for nine or ten hours a day like these miners do. Right. So Potosi is at altitude. It's actually higher than La Paz, which is the capital. And so the mine is at about 4,000 meters above sea level. So that just adds to it because when you're in there, the quality of the air is very, very poor. There's a lot of dust and it can be very toxic. And you add the altitude to that and um, it's not good breathing inside there. No, no. The, the, the silicone dust that they are breathing in all the time, if for people who stay in there for a long time and work there for years, uh, they develop a, a lung disease. I think it's called silicosis. Um, and that's because of the dust that they're constantly breathing in. Also, they can't eat at all while they're inside the mines because if they ate, that dust would get onto their food and they would end up eating the dust, ingesting the dust, and then that would cause terrible problems for their... Um, for their insides, for their stomach and intestines. So uh, because they can't eat at all, they end up chewing coca leaves, which I mentioned in in our previous episode about Bolivia. It's a common thing to chew coca uh, to help with the altitude sickness, but it also helps uh, alleviate hunger. So you'll see them with, it looks like they have a big pouch inside their their cheeks, and they that's because they've stuffed a, a bunch of coca leaves inside there, and that's what they chew. Uh, to keep them from being hungry all day. Right. So the way that you go around in the mine, as we've said, mostly is walking down these passages. And that's also where the carts come and go from. So there are tracks, as in train tracks, um, that are there. But you also sometimes have to climb down tunnels. Uh, so we did that. We went down 35 meters below where, where the main passage was that we were walking on. And we were on hands and knees trying to go down this tunnel. And you had to... Um, grab on with your hands and, and try to find footholds and, and that was quite difficult? That was very difficult. That was when I was the most frightened. Um, I had kind of come to grips with walking through the tunnels, but then, yeah, this wasn't really a tunnel. It was just something that, you know, they had carved out of the mountain and uh, it was very difficult, but that's how we had to go to get down to where the miners were actually working and were using their hammers and chisels to, to carve the minerals out of the wall. 
Right, and you even had a go at doing that yourself. I did, yeah. <laughs> Our guide asked me to come and give it a try, and I'm glad that I had that experience because it it just added another element for for me to help help me understand how difficult the work is because the hammer was really heavy, and I only did it for two or three minutes. Uh, but even then, you know, my arm was so sore the next day just from hammering with this thing for two or three minutes, and they do it for hours and hours. Right. So it's this kind of double aspect of the job that they do. It's the very difficult conditions in terms of the danger, in terms of the air, and all of that. And it's also the very physical work of hammering and chiseling out all of these minerals. Yeah. And depending on on what they find, you know, that that influences how much money they're able to make. Yeah. And so we were talking to some people and they'd only recently been finding the kind of lower grade minerals and that really doesn't produce a lot of money for them at all. No, so it's a big lottery really. Sometimes it can be lucrative, it can be profitable. And in fairness, our guide said that overall, he used to be a miner and he said that overall he made more money as a miner than he does now as a tour guide. But you never know what you're going to come home with. Um, and so if you have an unlucky streak, then you could be in real trouble and not have enough money to feed yourself and your family. Yeah. So overall, it was a very difficult experience for us. And I mean, it's just so hard to imagine that after two, two and a half hours, we were ready to be out of there and to never go back again. But these people have to come back day after day, week after week. And in some cases, decade after decade, there are people who have been doing it 20, 30 years. And so um, it's uh, it was very emotional for us and just to see what life is like for these people. And um, hopefully yeah. uh, everything works out okay for them all. Yeah, it gave us a lot of perspective and helped us to realize how privileged we are and how lucky we are to, to have the lives that we have. For sure. Thanks for listening to English in 10 Minutes. To download a worksheet for this episode, including the most useful vocabulary and a full transcript of the conversation, visit EnglishIn10Minutes.com.